Hey, Film Files, what's happening? It is October 25th. This is our Halloween episode. It's probably my favorite of the whole year. Uh, sadly, Ben and Stu are not here today, but that's all right, because we got some friends in the studio, one you may know, one you may not. You want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Dakota Kuhlman. I'm Zach Warren. And tonight is going to kind of be jumping all over the place, but we uh, have some very important matters to discuss so we'll do our little intro, and then we'll get started, and that sounds like this. This is Movie Show Theater. Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What we've got here is failure to communicate. Open the five bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What do you want? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. What's your favorite scary movie? Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Okay. Now, globby, bottle of cheap, stinking chip oil! You warthog-faced. Half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! This is... Theater. Uh, well, Dakota is a friend of mine that joined me this past weekend, or a couple weekends ago, at the Riverfront Museum. They had their 48-hour film festival, and uh, I'm, I'm by, by no means a professional, but I enjoy the filmmaking process, and it was, hands down, mm-hmm. one of the most stressful weekends. It was nuts. But it was really cool. So they gave you, uh, if it was free to sign up, they gave you a... Uh, Prop, they gave you a line of dialogue, and they gave you a theme, and then you had exactly 48 hours to write, film, edit, uh, submit a film, and it was it was really cool. There's like 57 people that signed up and only 22 that actually submitted. Yeah. So that kind of oh, gives wow. you an idea of how many weren't able to complete it. Yeah, which was amazing, too, because there was supposed to be 35 was the cutoff, and even the judges were like, we only expected maybe five or six entries. The fact that they got 22 was amazing and uh they really were there was some really good stuff there a lot of really funny pieces um which was interesting because the the theme was aging or getting older uh the prop was a key and the line of dialogue was i didn't uh i didn't expect that Mm -hmm. is that it yeah so Mm -hmm. it was um you kind of knew which route a lot of people were going to go but at the same time there were some that really just you know caught you off guard yeah but yeah, it it I don't know about you, but I thrive under that kind of stress to where you're just like you got to get that deadline down. Yeah, I, do um, I, I think do. I got a procrastination problem. Yeah, like, because honestly, of that. like the more the better for me. Like, yeah, it really, like you just when you feel the pressure, you just mm-hmm. you, you feel more creative too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like I that's how I've always felt whenever we make movies. You know, my yeah. best friend Travis and I, we've been filmmakers for 15 years now since high school. Yeah, you know, and just like getting stuff done yeah. i mean it just it really well there's something there's a thrill about that too to where i don't know if you remember like you, you know you turn in a project that's like the last second for class or you have a test that you didn't study for so you're cramming the night before but there's kind of a thrill of the chase kind of like that sure that after you get out of school you don't really have that really yeah you're stressing about taxes and money and all that stuff and adult problems but to have that thing where like you have a deadline for a project that has to be done by this time or you fail the class mm-hmm. that kind of anticipation I was kind of like Ooh, right yeah right. I miss this <laughs> right right that was like such like a sad weekend for me because like <laughs> I was supposed to uh, you asked me to be a part of it yeah and then I was like I have to re- uh, record for my web series that we can be less bastard and then record our podcast that I'm on geeks and a phone 
And then you're like, no, that's no problem. And then that weekend I got sick. So like I couldn't do any of that. So I was like, I was watching everybody filming for like the 40 hour film fest. I'm just sitting here like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that does. I can't do it. That's like your own circle of hell. It really was just laying there sick and everybody's like being artists. And I'm just like, this is sick art. Lamenting at your window. Yeah. (laughs) But no, like I, I saw a little bit of the one that won. Uh, I didn't the watch future all of it. Mr. Shop and Save. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. it, it was, was gorgeous. It was. It was shot. It was looked beautiful. Yeah, like, that's awesome. that. That was my big takeaway. Was that like I don't expect to win. Obviously, I would be thrilled if I got anything, but I don't expect to win. I'm not going to be a sore loser, but I just hope the ones that do win, I feel like, are worthy. And they were like, mm. they were so good. Were they? Tinderheart was really good. Yeah, and future Mister Shop and Save a lot of a bunch of them are on YouTube now. If you YouTube mm-hmm. Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, you can get oh, cool, cool, a bunch yeah. of them up there for free. So I mentioned horror movies. We've done many on the show. Ben's usually with us, but he's not, which is sad. But that's okay. So that's where Zach comes in. Yes, sir. This month, at the beginning of October, me and Zach accepted a challenge via Steve Warner. Every year I do it. Really. Oh, do you? Yeah, every year I do 31 Days of Horror. This is the first year, like, this is when Facebook Live finally came out. So, like, I was like, I watch a horror movie a day, every day in October, every year. But I was like, you know what? I might as well just do reviews, too. You know, just reviews for people who might want to watch this movie or never heard of it before. So I started doing the live reviews and watching something, too. So <laughs> forgot that Steve does that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who was it again? Steve, Steve, Steve Warner? Warner? Steve Warner. Uh, yeah, Maybe he... you didn't get it through him. He was actually very helpful on getting us uh, the premiere of The Pale One at Will and Knowles. So mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, he's a great guy, but he he does this with his students, so he made a Facebook group, and then people have started kind of uh, funneling in. But I see it on Instagram a lot. It's like a, a thing. I'm so excited. And I was excited to start it, and we're 20 days into it now, and I'm still, I think, one behind. Are you? So the whole the whole idea is 31 days, 31 movies – doesn't necessarily have to be one a day, but if you miss a day, you obviously have to make up for it. Sure. Well, the weekend of the film festival, I missed like four days. So it's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I work at the hospital, and I had to sit with a patient for eight hours who was combative. And uh, did you pop one in? Well, he had the TV on, <laughs> and it was on AMC. Oh, fear. And so yeah. we watched Nightmare on Elm Street two, three, and four. Oh, nice. And uh, three, Dream I believe Warriors. that's the one with Breck and Meyer. Uh, no, that's Freddy's Dead. Yes, yeah. So Freddy's Dead is... Yeah, Dream Warriors. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I think that's the best one, personally. Dream Warriors is good. But Freddy's Dead is really interesting because I've always joked that it's like a direct ripoff of um, Inception. Because, like, <laughs> so, like, they meet up in a dream to take down Freddy and... <laughs> They have somebody watch them while they sleep, basically their kicker or whatever it was called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I don't know. I've always, that's by far my favorite horror franchise is the Nightmare on Elm Streets, just because it was the first to parody themselves. It really was. Like the first one being a legitimate horror movie. And then after that, there's a, a couple random scenes where it's like trying to build legitimate suspense. But it's really just fun. I mean, it's clever death scenes. It's, you know, has whatever tween actor is big at the time. Yep, yep. So, yeah, watching a movie a day is exhausting. Do you find this to be the case? I, you know what, I was like, oh, 
man, I, I was like over it within the like the first week, obviously. <laughs> but I'm so like I'm such a horror geek and aficionado that I gotta stay committed. Mm-hmm. And like I promise myself every year, I've even run into the same thing of like falling behind. I have to do like two a day. But I just this year I was like, you gotta do it, man. You gotta review one and watch one mm-hmm. every single day. But there's some days where it's like. Damn it! I don't want to do a live review. I don't want to talk to anybody right yeah, now. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Especially depending on the movie, you know, exactly. certain ones put you in. Like I, uh, t- I let Zach know last night that I was watching the Poltergeist remake. Oh yeah. So I was in a really good mood. So I was like, oh, you know what? Boy. This is a good time for me to watch a remake that nobody asked for. <laughs> How was and it, by the way? Because I heard not if you want very to so good stuff. Oh. Your, your Zach's record. Zach's, <laughs> Zach's like two second review is perfect. He's like, it's not god awful, but just completely unnecessary there you go and i'm a big believer and that the worst thing that a movie can do especially a horror movie is leave you with a neutral feeling <laughs> there you and, go yeah i mean very even true. movies that i hate with a passion it's still a very strong emotion to be evoked in, in you so yeah. i think that's to the director's credit mm-hmm. but the poltergeist the original is one of my favorite movies let alone, i mean it's probably my favorite horror movie aside from the shining oh, yeah. so you get these remakes, and it's either going to be the shot-for-shot style, which is a really safe way to go, yeah, um, or it's going to be like too imaginative, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to try to like one-up it, yeah. So the Poltergeist was almost—it was shot-for-shot shot to the point where I got bored. Exactly, that's almost I was like extremely the remake of Psycho bored with uh, yeah, Vince totally, Vaughn. yeah. That's like one of the worst. I mean, maybe one of the best examples of like yeah. shot for shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in my mind, one of the best remakes was the thing that they did. Oh my in god! In 2011, that was great. That because was so good. Because I they guess it really... was a prequel. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I th- I was ready to hate it because I thought it was going to be a remake. Yeah, when I found out it was a prequel. Um, the other thing that really shocked me about that was if you haven't watched the behind the scenes footage of the the prequel to the thing, because I thought that was all CGI. No, it's not. Sure, they they yeah. went with John Carpenter's original route, which was if we're gonna have this thing actually around eating people, it's gotta be practical and morph, like you know morphing with people. It's gonna be practical, yeah. and they did it. Yeah, and they oh, that did it. creature like, at oh, the yeah. end, that famous scene, mm-hmm. that was terrifying. Yeah, the, that, I mean the original, obviously, but the new one too. I mean, it was great. So the new one was just the little the little fine touches that weren't really necessary, but it was just kind of like. Their little love letter to John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the I original really soundtrack that. that they left in there, the the you know the the snow dogs, mm-hmm. um, everything. And I love how they they were still able to capture, um, the 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 kind of whatever that feeling was of actually really being stuck up there. Mm-hmm. Little trivia, really quick, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, no, John I'm Carpenter all about the trivia. <laughs> said that was the one film he hated working on probably the most because he ended up getting skin cancer from sunburns. Oh, damn. Because the snow was reflecting so much of the sun yeah. that they got horrible, horrible sunburns Yep, I do remember reading about that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Makes sense. Yep. I, uh, did you ever see Harbinger Down? Mm, that no. I haven't seen yet. There were the special effects team that was hired to do the special effects for the thing. Mm-hmm. They got paid. They did the job, and then all of those got uh, taken out. And so the special effects team did a Kickstarter to raise money, hmm. uh, and they made Harbinger Down. And it's important to know because it's uh, it's the same story, different characters, same story, um, but it's really good. But it was uh, the tagline of that movie was. 
Um, Harbinger Down, a practical effects film. There's no CGI in it. Oh, at that's all. pretty mm. cool. That's the tag. So I'm always, I'm, I just, I love all things analog, all things practical. Yeah, me too. That's Big fan. we're trying to really with a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, I don't like CGI. I think it's one of the things that's really ruined the modern um, visit to the movie. It just takes so just, much it's, passion it's, and like yeah. personality out of it. It that's, really um, does. That's kind of one of the things that I mean we we joke about it, but we're taking it very seriously. That if we're going to have any sort of effect, we're going to take the Cronenberg route and just make <laughs> a really go. creepy, yeah, you know, thing. That even if it looks weird and you can tell that it's a like a you know kind of got a robot inside of it, I'd rather an actor is actually looking at something mm-hmm. versus just looking at a green screen and doing the trolls too. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. you know so. And to go back real quick to the thing, that original film does not get enough credit. The one from the nineteen fifty one, fifty eight, I think. Yeah, no, I think uh, it was, um, it was uh, the day the Earth stood still. The original was nineteen fifty one. You're right; that was close to the sixties yeah. somewhere. But man, that movie is still that's an awesome movie. But then mm-hmm. you know Carpenter did the remake in eighty two, I think, mm-hmm. and. Man, the original really gets overlooked. Yeah. I still think Carpenter's is superior, but the original, I love like campy 50s horror films. Was, oh, like, yeah. The original was the, the, the 40, I think it was the 48 <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like sounds, that. No, there's wasn't a, the original, the thing, wasn't it originally called uh, Who Goes There? Was that? I, I think know. it was always think, called The Thing, but. Because I remember it might have been based on the book Who Goes There. It could be, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that. But yeah, I, I I think that one just gets overlooked a lot because everybody's just, you know, when they, they think of the thing, they just think of the John Carpenter film. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you get the and great scene. remake. You know, I mean, what can you call it a prequel? I guess. Yeah, like yeah. Two thousand eleven. I guess reimagining is a good yeah. uh, catch-all umbrella term. You know, the to best use. scene in the original is when the guys all go out on the ice and they're all linked arms and they're they're like. It's a flying saucer, you know, like they're all just kind of like making that circle shape trying to figure out where this thing is in the ice. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, look, over here, there's something that's kind of Captain America over, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing was just really cool. You can't yeah. go wrong with Kurt Russell either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah, we were talking about the other day that they're uh, starting production on the Big Trouble in Little China remake. They are, yeah. And somebody was interviewing John Carpenter about it, and he was like, you, they, no one called me. Yeah, yep. I read about that, actually. I checked my messages. Yep. Ain't no one calling me on the phone. Yep. That's what I love about him. That guy is so straightforward and mm-hmm. to yeah. the point. He hates Hollywood. That yeah. guy hates mm-hmm. Hollywood with a passion. That guy well, just is there to make movies and hates the Hollywood yeah. machine. By yeah. the way, I took your advice, and I did listen to the soundtrack for Halloween 3 yeah. uh, season, season of the Witch, of the Witch. Dude. oh my god synthwave kind of like super yeah happy happy Halloween 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 yeah that movie yeah so I was gonna yeah so the soundtrack awesome now you need to watch the movie well you've probably seen it I gotta watch it again because it's been a long time and I just I want to jump into this real quick I will say this I am a I can't even name a favorite franchise because I'm such a huge horror fan. Halloween's very close to the yeah. top. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Halloween 3, as much hate as that movie gets, if that movie did not have Halloween before the fr- – it wasn't called Halloween 3. That would be yeah. a damn good movie. And yeah. I think it's still a good movie. Well, it's – so yeah, that was – I watched that movie because uh, I was on Reddit and somebody had linked one of the tracks of the soundtrack and I had just watched The Guest. 
and oh, the, the score so for the guest was composed awesome. on the synthesizer from Halloween 3. No way. The very mm. same synthesizer. I am a huge fan of synth music. Sir. Oh, me too. Big, big I'm fan. like new new wave retro all Carpenter the way. Carpenter Brute. You like Carpenter Brute? One yeah. of these Carpenter days, Brute, if you guys those. haven't met him, you got to meet the uh, the suit and tie guy from Chillicothe. Yeah. He, Does he do synth? He builds his own synths and stuff. No but way. he's oh. He'll original get talking analog. about a lot of the conspiracy theories around the original synthesizers mm-hmm. um, and how those weren't necessarily built for music. They were built for the military. So Yeah, Travis and I are huge synth fans. I'm glad to finally meet a fellow oh, yeah. synth lover. <clears throat> before it fo- or before Halloween 3, it was It Follows. Yeah. That was the oh. best film that I saw last year. Oh, it was great, wasn't which, it? Which is interesting. Like, it, it was one of those cases of if a movie is <coughs> – if a story is told a certain way – the ending, even if it's not how you would have liked it to end, the journey getting there is is more important than the actual ending. Yeah. Because I thought it was – It Follows came out two years ago. I saw it last year. And it's kind of a modern movie, but it also has a lot of nuances and um, like throwbacks to things of the 70s and the 80s. Absolutely. And there's also technological devices that don't exist now – and so the director made this like parallel universe where mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a dream the whole movie because right. you know the fil- the film the the color of the of the film is washed out just a little bit just a tiny bit yeah you know and there's a scene where she's swimming and then the next scene they all have their winter coats on and mm-hmm. you know so it's obviously executed very well and they went with the whole less is more approach, which I love. Yes. Because horror movies don't do that enough. It's all jump scares. Yeah. And... However, I thought it was interesting that it was like, hmm, yes, less is more. You don't get to know anything about it. However, <laughs> if it kills me, then it's going to go to whoever gave it to me. Not like All of a sudden, there's all these rules. It's like a really abstract idea, but mm-hmm. then there's all these yeah. rules that you have to follow. And then in the very end, uh, it they allude to the fact that maybe the person that's following them is in fact the creature that they were all running for. So it's like a twist ending, but yeah. you know the neighbor is wearing red, who's raking his leaves, yep. and red has served as a warning color the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and then the the person is following them behind him. So you're assuming, no, that must be it. They must not have killed it. But then the person looks away. So you're like, okay, can it get on a plane theoretically? Like. Can like what are we? We got to have some rules. Yeah, right. I mean, this, got to have a few more rules. Going to be like a vampire to where you can't cross a you know running water. Yeah, you have to you have to you know exactly works for a clap ghost. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and, I mean, despite all those problems, I still have a very high opinion of that movie. And yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, the music and cinematography alone. Oh, it's great. Kills it, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I saw they they have on Amazon. I joked to uh, my fiance that this was this is like the definition of frivolous purchase. It was the It Follows soundtrack on vinyl. Nice, <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, all right, that's the most hipster thing I've ever yeah, seen. That's... I actually got the soundtrack in my car. I listen to it every night. I have it on my phone. I listen to it today. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah. Anyway, so what did that stem from? Oh, Halloween three. I gotta say something about Halloween. With Rob Zombie doing at <laughs> least two remakes of that, I know they're and and think of this: they did the remakes of the Halloween films, and then I think I'm pretty sure John, or, um, Michael Bay produced the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth. He did. It was they are, Dunes. Yeah. They are now remaking again Halloween. Yep, and Friday the Thirteenth. I can't believe that after 
what was it, the 2010? It's it hasn't been nearly long enough for them to do that. Well enough? No, it didn't. Yeah, they did. Uh, um, It's uh, Friday the Thirteenth remake in '09, which was terrible. Sometimes we don't need an origin story. Exactly. And then I honestly am one of the few that um, I kind of I stand behind the 2010 remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. I thought Jackie Earl Haley was a no. I thought he did a very very good job. He was terrifying, Mm -hmm. and they brought a lot of elements to that. To where what I liked about his story was that they stayed true to the original to where, yeah, he's a psychopathic child molester. He's a, he's I, a rapist. He's yeah. a child rapist. I and... absolutely hate, and I don't know why we've gotten in, so into it, especially with like Dracula Untold and all these other films, to where they're trying Dracula to humanize and give you sympathy for the villain. We like good villains because they're good villains. Yeah. And I think a lot of times they, they stay true with like um, the original like uh, concept of like Heath Ledger's Joker to where you don't know anything about him. Right. Mm-hmm. He's so vague and the platform is like, you know, no fingerprints, no other alias, no nothing. And that's what's so good because he's always a mystery. By doing this whole thing to where they build up the sympathy and they're like, this is why the villain is a bad guy. It's just like, you lost me. It, it's no longer a, a fun story. You want to have a villain that you love to hate. That's why yeah. Loki is. But it has so to good come. Too, it has you know? to. Church. It has to like flow naturally. You yeah. can't convince me to like him. No, no. It should be like the same way of like trying to convince you to really enjoy Hitler and like sitting uh-huh. and you know imagining, hey, he's the he's the Bob Ross of Germany. You know, it's it's yeah, not going to yeah, work yeah. for me. Right. He was a dictator. He was a psychopath. Leave it at that. He's going to be the villain in this movie. Don't try and, you know, sell me on the whole, he's actually a good guy if we just talk to him and find out that he's a nice guy, you know? It's, yeah. you know, give me my villains. Yeah, sure. I, want, I want my bad guys. Yeah, if they were going for, like, a, a reimagining of that story, you just can't have Robert England. No. I'm sorry, you can't. I think he appreciated that. I guess they're good friends. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. Earl is the one that, suggested that he auditioned for the original in 1984. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He auditioned for the part two, and he didn't get it. It's kind of funny. When I heard they were going to remake Nightmare on Elm Street uh, for 2010, I that's the first person I thought of who could play Freddy Krueger was Jack really? Haley. Because he mm-hmm. was in a movie called uh, Little Children. Did you ever see that Oh, movie? my God. And he is horrifying. He plays kind of Freddy Krueger in that movie. Yeah. And he's, you know, I hate saying he's a child, he was a child molester. Oh, God, that, that, that scene that in the swimming weird. pool. Oh, my God, right? That's a great film. Or the it, scene where he cuts out his genitals, watch. whatever. I mean, it, Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's something. But when I saw that's that. That's like one step away from a Lars Van Trier movie. Exactly. It's, <laughs> not, it's, not, it's not quite as beautiful, though. Like, I will say, I watched Antichrist, and it was, like, <laughs> one of the most beautiful and then, like, just truly disturbing. Yeah. Not even, like, like introspective, like, hmm, I didn't know I felt that about myself. And it's just terrible. I just, yeah. I cannot get into Lars von Trier films. It's just, I think he I just, try so hard. He's, like, shocking to be shocking, I think. Like, what was the other movies? My, he did, he did yeah. an Antichrist, artist, and what else did he do? He did, uh, he did Melancholia. He did Nymphomania. Those are the ones that, yeah, those, they're just... Nymphomaniac was a long way. Those are like disturbing to watch on a level like uh who who can I really screw over and be like, you gotta watch this movie. It's really good. Yeah, wink, wink. That's definitely you know? a <laughs> like, very specific market. I'm a sucker for visual imagery and 
I, I will say that that's like his strong point, and there's a yeah, couple yeah, scenes in I'll Antichrist where I was oh, like, no, is it was like jaw droppingly beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then it's I don't know. It's like at the end, if I have this taste in my mouth that I currently have, is it really worth it? Because it doesn't didn't make me feel real good after Antichrist was over. No, it's right, not like yeah. something. That's I like, like wanted to call my mother, like just uh, to like. It's I don't know. it's not like something. Hey, that's do like, you have uh, a minute to talk? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I just, just watch this real disturbing. Yeah, rule of Defoe. can I come over and sleep with you guys tonight? <laughs> it's not one of those movies that's like you can watch it once and still be like, man, I. This was still a profoundly good film. Like Requiem for a Dream is another one of those that you yeah. really can only watch it once, but it's something that will, st- especially as a filmmaker, will stick with you because oh, yeah. you'll have all these ideas and perceptions after it's the fact. Well made, but and I visually, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things that, nah. Yeah, I feel like Aronofsky's a little bit more of a tamer version. Yeah, because Requiem is Requiem's effed up, but Black Swan's a really fascinating movie. Oh God, yeah, it's one of Anna's favorites, and we watch it like probably. Th- three times a year because yeah. there's a lot to appreciate, but there is like some very key scenes that's like, oh, and I'm fucked up for life. Right. Has anybody yeah. here been able to get through all three Human Centipede films? I, I, watched, I did it. I did it. You I watched I the first too. one. I haven't seen the, the second first or third one. The first one was like, that was more of a serious take. The second one, I really love the concept of like some crazy guy watching third it and going. The it's, third one is hilarious. It's, it it's, is a grindhouse Esque kind of just kind of like what's his face in it? Oh. if if you take both the first and the second one and the third one is a parody of both of them where they're clearly making fun of the other two. I think the only good part of uh, Human Centipede three was uh, D tier laser. Like he was the, he was the uh, <laughs> uh, the doctor or whatever. No, yeah. he was the or the warden. I think. Yeah, it is. Oh, man, he's that, over the top. Yeah. But that's the, the, that's the best about part about, about it, too. It's like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I suffer through all... I'm a connoisseur of bad film. I suffer mm-hmm. through a lot of bad movies, and that, yeah. those are terrible. Those are bad, but... <laughs> and you can't even describe them as horror, necessarily. They're just kind of like this, like... What, what is it? Well, okay, it's what were they Tom thinking Six, here? The like a film he's, Tom Six is nuts. But I've heard that anybody who was on set with those guys... It's like the nicest bunch of people you'll ever meet. He seems like he's a nice And then all guy, of a sudden, yeah. it's like, okay, now everyone gets to work. And then it's like, this is what these people do on Saturday afternoon? Wow. Okay, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. But anyway, so how do we get on to that? Yeah, so Halloween 3. <laughs> so I sat down and watched Halloween 3. And about 20 minutes into the movie, it becomes a parody of itself. It really does. And... There's a scene when uh, this guy is tied to a chair, and there's a security camera on him, and he's about 20 feet away from this security camera. Oh, I remember. And his part. hands are behind his back. Yeah. No, his hands are tied to the front, and he's holding a Halloween mask, and he throws it with his hands tied, and it lands right on the security camera the first time. <laughs> and it's just like, there's Ta-da! no way, there's no way you're going to convince me that <laughs> I'm supposed to believe that. And then the conflict, there was like four different classic horror tropes that they used as the conflict. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like, is it a demonic toy? Is it, are you trying to do, are you trying to pull a Batman forever on us here? Oh, And like yeah. suck our brainwaves out through the right. TV? <laughs> yeah. Or, I don't know. But that sounds like the kind of scary movie, you know, one, two, and three, where it's like Airplane almost. Mm-hmm. Although I... I do like Airplane. I don't find it as funny as most of my 40, 45-year-old friends do. Mm-hmm. Right. But the scary movies are just, I can't, I just can't get into them. It's hard to explain it without sounding like bougie, like a pretentious dick, but um, <laughs> they're just not funny to me. I don't yeah. know. I mean, comedies are tough. 
Because, like, mm. you can't watch an action movie and then at the end you don't like it and you're like, nope, that wasn't an action movie. And a horror movie, you can't deny that it's a horror movie. But only with comedy, if you don't laugh at all throughout the entire movie, it's like you had one job. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. like, this was completely rendered useless. Exactly. So that's too bad. Scary movie things are something I can only take scenes from all of them yeah. and make one movie out of the best parts of them, but I can't like one, two, make or three. Make one eight-minute yeah. short film of scary movie. <laughs> yeah. Scary movie one through four. It's nine minutes long. God, I forgot there were four of them. I got I, two words for uh, Back to Halloween 3. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Tom Atkins. Oh, Tom yeah, Atkins yeah, yeah. Tom Atkins is awesome. You guys ever seen uh, Night of the Creeps? Oh, it's been a long time. It's oh, such a great movie. Night of the Creeps. If you guys can check that one out for 31 Days of Horror, I'm probably going to okay. watch that one. Okay. I love that movie. It's got like elements of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers in it. And, That's cool. And uh, zombies. And it's an awesome film. You so know, some, I was going to say, something they need to get on that list pretty soon is uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. You got to watch it. You know, it's That's just, a Clooney classic. Uh-huh. It is. Well, no, the first one didn't have Clooney. I the, think they both do. Did they really? Yeah. He, wow. He, he worked at the pizza place. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, was in a bunch of them. He was yeah, in he, uh, uh, Return to Horror High. No, I remember. <laughs> or Slaughter High. Slaughter High, yeah. Okay. That's actually not a bad one. That's it's one of it's no movies. Chopping Mall, but... Chopping Mall, oh my Dude, God. Dude, Chopping Mall it. is one of my favorites. I, You know what? I want to review that and watch it for 31 Days of Horror, but I let a friend borrow that, and I never saw it again. <laughs> Same like, thing with me. Really? Yes. yes. Chopping Mall. You got to check out Chopping Mall. I'm going to have to watch that. that Chopping Mall is classic. so <laughs> stupid. It's, but it's enjoyable. So I guess that's the interesting part about Halloween 3 is that we you watch – if you like horror movies, you watch a lot of crap, but – it very rarely does it like you just do, especially on Netflix. You know yeah. they spend half of their budget on the cover of the movie. Exactly. And then you watch it and you're like, this isn't what. But yeah, so to be able to have the ingredients to be a bad movie but also entertaining, mm-hmm. like right. watching Halloween, I'm like, why do I like this so much? Right. Like on paper, this is a bad movie, but the cinematography was surprisingly good. The music is stellar, done by John Carpenter and the first one, one other. Right. The third one is. Oh, the, oh, okay. I thought we were talking about the first one for some reason. Uh, well, but. the first one is great. Yeah, obviously, for sure. We saw – me and Ben last year, Will and Knowles, they were playing the film tracks. They were playing the original Halloween at Will and Knowles. Really? And so we went and saw it. And it, there's like a 30-minute introduction from John Carpenter. Oh, really? And it was really fascinating because he was like – just like you were saying, he was just talking about how much he hates the Hollywood machine. Exactly. And he made Halloween with like $300,000. It's like one of the most – successful independent films of all time is yeah. Halloween. Like I think it, yeah, it's like three hundred thousand and made God a boatload of cash. Mm-hmm. So and he did the score to that too. I mean he they told him they're like they were not gonna give you I'm a huge Halloween fan. They're mm-hmm. not gonna give you uh somebody to score this film, so you're gonna have to score it yourself. And you know the doom 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 like he that's mm-hmm. all John Carpenter. He did it all himself. Oh yeah. I, I think my favorite Carpenter score, I don't know about you guys, I think Escape from LA, the main theme. Oh yeah. Oh, there is you so go. good. They lived. There's a YouTube video that John Carpenter performing the main theme with a band in studio, and it's like nerve shattering. Oh. So what's awesome. been what's been one of your favorites that you haven't seen this month with this thirty one days of horror? What's what what's like one or two that have really stood out in your mind? Like ones that I've watched that I haven't seen before. Yeah, have there been many? Uh, I watched one. Uh, it was one from the eighties called uh, uh, Slaughter Man. Uh, Slaughter Man. Yeah, this one was uh, on. Um, 
if you guys can ever get it, it's only four dollars a month. It's called Screenbox. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, no, I've heard of, I've that. Heard of yeah, Shutter. I to get that. Shutter. It's in the same vein. Yeah, uh, but it's called Screenbox. It's four bucks a month, and it's like the Netflix of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's some classics on there, and then there's some garbage on there too. Yeah, like C list. <laughs> yeah, I watched. That's so frustrating. To, like, spend half of the time that you have dedicated to watching a movie, picking out a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the worst part of being, like, a film geek and filmmaker is, like, I have, like, over 600 movies, I think. Yeah. I'll be like, I want to watch a movie tonight. I'll look and see. Like, I have no idea what to watch. Yeah. yeah. Not, <laughs> so, <laughs> we know. But, yeah, Slaughter Man was – it's, like, about this guy. Um, his, uh, Him and his dad, like, ran this butcher uh, – plant and uh, they're trying to like uh, the state's trying to buy it but he refuses to sell it and then like so his son is like crazy already so he starts just killing everybody off and stuff involved with the state and it's uh-huh. so campy and bad it was amazing it was, it was fun though it was <laughs> oh, a good it was campy flick. yeah oh definitely um, and I've watched some Netflix stuff like I think last night I watched 13 cameras you know Netflix. what? That wasn't half bad. Did you I watch was it? Kind of, you know, it's in, kind of disturbing. Yeah, too. I was impressed it, by it. You know, I, it was I, a. I love when it? I find something that's no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. See, so the thing you find something that really just because I've been doing that because with you know when you're doing writing or something like that and you're also kind of like gauging the market, you want to go through and even if you can only make make it through the first five minutes of stuff, yeah. you still have to watch for research purposes. And if it catches you after the first. Five minutes. Sometimes I can't even. I can't even get through a minute of it. Sure. I watch the 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 opening credits. I'm like, nope. Yeah. How did this get up? And how did who had to blow who to get this on Netflix? Like who? <laughs> like it's just not good. But um, yeah, that was one that really kind of caught me off it guard. Was not terrible. Something it was... uh, uh, Stonehurst Asylum. Stone, I've heard of that I think one. that one's on that Netflix, too. really caught me off guard. I, it's, I don't describe it as horror. I'll describe it as maybe a kind of a psychological thriller. Sure. But it was really, really good. Um, no, actually, I was going to say to that list, uh, I had never seen Dead Silence. I've been yeah. meaning to for so yeah. long. That's <laughs> a rough one. <laughs> I, I want to give James Wayne another shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets crapped on a lot, and Annabelle was just awful. I, you know what? I, I love the guy. I really do. I do. Yeah. yeah. He's I mean, Saw was Saw was a great concept, mm-hmm. and it's been like done in different forms. You know, like Boondock Saints and uh, the whole like justifiable homicide thing. Yeah. But sure. he kind of started a new resurgence of it, mm-hmm. and he, they're coming out with a new Saw too. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, that's a cash cow right there. Oh, yeah. Another, I'm not, I'm not uh, shocked know, at all. Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. I'm in. Fast 8, I think. It was hilarious. It was. The it thing... never claims to be anything that it's not. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever called it a film. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a, a movie. fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is not a motion picture. <laughs> it is a fucking summer popcorn flick <laughs> at best. I was going to say, the thing is, is that... I don't know about you guys, but The Conjuring Two still gets under my skin. I don't know if you I guys haven't have seen, seen. I haven't seen either one. The first one no. is really good. The first one, the good. second one, just I went and saw it by myself during broad Me daylight. Me too. I did because yeah. you can go, go to an empty theater, mm-hmm. and I just the I old guy. Oh my god! The, I just couldn't stop twitching in my you, seat. Okay, that's good. Oh my god! This those are the first two movies I've seen. Since I watched the original Exorcist when I was like, <laughs> you know, 11 years old at home. And this is when I used to live, you know, kind of down in the woods, you know, down by the river and stuff. My dad wasn't home. Just me. I had the lights on. I was like, yeah, I'll watch The Exorcist. Never seen it before. My dad's like, you're not watching that until you're a certain age. I was like, I'm going to watch it. I shouldn't have watched this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> that was the 
that was how I felt about The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. Those movies really, I was like, okay, I've got actual chills. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about it, I got mm-hmm. actual chills. And that hasn't happened in a long time. And then I'm like, okay, struck gold. He's one I, of the better horror directors right now is James yeah. Wan. I mean, because I honestly, I had to say, like, horror is my favorite genre, but it's a dying genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it, is. It's, for sure, with the major studios, it is. And that's where we're getting all of these, like, remakes of a reboot of a sequel. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm really a big fan of uh, Adam Wingard. Yeah, yeah, Blair Witch uh-huh. too, and the yeah. the guest, and the guest, yeah. Blair, it's unfortunate that the the that he did Blair Witch, but yes. there's a there's a subreddit for filmmaking, and there's a guy named David Sandberg who has a YouTube channel, and he makes these like three minute horror films on his Blackmagic pocket cinema camera, and he lives in Sweden, and they all just have his wife, just him and his wife. And he, I think he's got like six or seven, and every single one is like absolutely terrifying. Truly gives you the the shivers, gives you the like hair on the back of my neck. Anyway, he uh, did one called Lights Out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they turned that into a feature. Yeah, so I like last year I would message him on Reddit uh, with questions and advice and stuff, and he always like got right back to me. Super nice guy, and so um, New Line Cinema bought lights out and they wanted to give him a salary and he's like i don't want to get a check for it he said but i want to direct it and i want a percentage of box office sales did great at the box office it was number three for a while yeah it was yeah and um so i asked him i was like so what's next man are you just gonna like because he moved from sweden to california to do lights out wow and so uh i was like so are you just gonna keep making um shorts and hope for another gig and he's like, well, somebody liked what I did for Lights Out because they gave me Annabelle 2. And wow. that's what he just finished directing. Oh, oh he wow. Was like, yeah, that's cool. He was like, so it's interesting because I really was not a big fan of Annabelle. And, of course, like anybody who, like, fiddles around with movies, you're thinking, like, I would have done it this way. I would have done it this way. Well, he has, like, full creative control to do whatever he wants now with Annabelle 2. That's well, awesome. he's he's already wrapped on it, but that kind of made me change my tune about movies like Blair Witch and yeah. the Evil Dead remake mm-hmm. when it came out. Because oh, I love the Evil Dead remake so much. Yeah, and and I really did not like it when it first came out, and I was a little bit too. You know, sometimes you take these remakes as a personal attack. You know, sure, like you sure. feel personally offensive if it's like a childhood classic. Yeah, um, and you're like, why did you do that? But. Um, that's okay. And mm-hmm. and these these Blair Witch the the remake, I haven't seen it. I don't really plan to. Yeah. Um it's 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 okay. It, it if you watch it good, if not, fine, whatever. Let's just say You just got to keep digging. Yeah. yeah. Let's just say I I love the original Blair Witch. Yeah. I think it's a great film. Oh yeah. It's a true horror film in my opinion mm-hmm. because it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And, and um the one that came out this year by Adam Wingard. It I didn't hate it, but it was very unneeded. It's just mm-hmm. like you could have left the Blair Witch alone, left it at that ending of just mm-hmm. Mike standing in the corner. I thought that was terrifying. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I didn't need to know what he was doing. Kid, and I wouldn't go into the woods. And then you just after, see you know? get, the camera get knocked down and then the film real film mm-hmm. just still rolling. And, and that's it. It's terrifying. That's, that's how it's, it's simplistic. It's beautiful. It's done with a few people. And that's it. 
And you everybody know. just like I mean that film got so so many parodies made fun of so much. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just don't. You guys are seeing past this film. Mm-hmm. This film's truly horrifying. Yeah, I yeah. Love it. oh yeah. I, I think that's movie. a sign of success too. When like the world starts to parody you, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, sure. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, you'll if you ever notice some movies that have never been parodied, and then you actually stop and think about it, you're like, huh. I wonder if they're not parodying this because enough people haven't seen it. Yeah. Because clearly a parody is only made because it's something that everyone has seen and will get the joke. Sure. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like, I mean, I remember when Blair Witch Project came out and everyone thought, they're like, wait a minute, is this real? Is this, yeah. Did this actually, people thought it was real. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that did And their marketing people. campaign, I think that was oh, a big yeah. part of it too because yeah. their Film Fest posters were the missing posters yeah. mm-hmm. uh-huh. from the movie. Which is interesting because yep. we were trying to – tackle some of that and kind of what we were doing and we're yeah. like eh we reinventing the wheel again is that how we're doing this um but no hey you know it it that and uh oh there's another the we were talking about that other found footage um oh the one i had never heard of yeah it's uh as above so below was something that <sighs> really <laughs> I, I like it i there's some stuff Zach just I made really, an awesome face really for anybody like <laughs> That movie was so frustrating to me because really? I, think, I think that movie could have been so good, but I just because I lo- I loved the whole Paris Catacombs that whole yeah, thing that, is horrifying that would... to me. I'm claustrophobic, so mm-hmm. being that da- being down there, the whole idea of the film is like claustrophobic to me. I just don't think they executed it well. In Some, my something about it just really stuck with me. Uh, maybe maybe Did it was just because it, of the mean? catacombs and stuff. No, you didn't see that. But one? it always you talking about it made me think about uh, the descent, which is one of my favorite. Yeah. In, yeah, in recent times, I need to revisit that one to like play on to play on like natural atmospheric. Even without the monsters, that movie was making me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, the famous scene where it shows the monster for the first. I was like, that is, that's great, great setup. Um, but I'm going to have to watch that again, too, because I don't remember much of that. Um, there's a guy I got to bring up. <coughs> I don't know if you guys are a big fan. I used to do haunted houses. I used to, you know, help build them and I directed a few of them. Um there's a guy, I can't remember where he's from, but he actually has, it's just the house. He has no actors in it, nothing. What he does is he has set up this haunted house to have doors that will randomly just be on a hinge that will slam shut, and he'll have each room that's temperature. Um, like he, What he'll do is you'll go into the room, and he'll tweak the temperature just enough, like drop it a few degrees cooler to give you automatically like chills and oh, it, sure. all he does is he just uses science to kind of like here's a little puff of air coming from someplace you'll hear a floor creak and he's, it's one of the most terrifying things ever because there is literally no jump scares you just go into an environment and you're like ah, i gotta get out i gotta get out of here something's not right right and it, it works really well um and i think if you can find a way <coughs> outside of smell-o-vision <laughs> to manage to get your horror movie to kind of have that element without having to you know resort to like jump scares and stuff like that good on you you know because i mean that's that's tricky and um i don't know we're we're getting into that mindset of uh, hopefully we're kind of getting out of the gore aspect because i think with saw they're trying to like push that too much and with hostile and stuff like that yeah and eventually i don't know about you guys but every single time i watch saw or any of those movies with a group of my friends, we always have to pause and go get food. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> you, you, you have to eat something while you're watching, which seems to be the complete reverse of what you would probably – my stomach hurts, but no, we're like 
I need popcorn. Anybody else? I can understand that. Popcorn flick. It is. And that's, I don't think horror movies should be. I think horror movies realistically should have you be so tunnel visioned into what's happening that when the lights come up or when somebody next to you coughs, you go, oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot you were there. That's what you want. And it's interesting because there's, whether it's a domestic horror film or foreign, there's tropes that have been used since the 40s, and they'll be used forever. Yeah. And and that's okay. You know, someone's cell phone is not going to have service. Yep. Someone just died here. There's a creepy kid. There's a haunted house. There's, you know, whatever. Like Someone fell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a cliche. It's so and, many cliches. And it always happens, but there's ways to do it well, and I think that there's really cheap ways that don't work. So it's not like you can't use any of these like conventions because it's like what the genre was based on. Right. But um I I don't know. I was trying to think of the best one <coughs> the best one that I had seen from my list and I had never seen uh American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that a was good, so good. Because I don't one. I don't like Animal House. One of the guys that I do the podcast with is in his forties and he was like, You can't you you gotta like Animal House and I like I respect it's... it. I respect what its roots and what it did for comedy, but it's right. like generational humor that I just can't appreciate. You know, it's just I yeah, kind of grew up with that movie, so I just love it. Yeah, so yeah. For me, and it's I just I I love Animal House, but I love with American Werewolves in London that it's a complete different take on the werewolf story, and also yes. yeah. the prosthetics. Well done. Finally, they, I mean, I was kind of disappointed with uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's uh, Wolf. Yeah, uh, they went, right. When they went back to the whole Lon Chaney Jr., you know, gradual. Um, snapshots. Yeah, m- yeah. Method. I was like, this is Jack Nicholson you as a werewolf. This? Right. Come on, <laughs> this would have been great, you know. And they just kind of eh, lost. American it. Werewolf in London is like one of John Landis's best films. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. And and that's why I wanted to see it because I was like, I don't like. I wasn't a big fan, of, but I know his status as a director, and so I watched it, and I didn't expect it to be as funny. Right, and I think because of his roots in comedy, that I can't think of a horror movie with um with two, more two likable characters. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. scene in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! When that thing opens its eyes, but yeah, and that like you we had talked about the transformation scene. That's just it's unparalleled, still unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see the to see the ankle growing. Yeah, and the snout coming out too. That was another thing. Yeah, really yeah, just... yeah. And too many too many of these Netflix stinkers. <laughs> They're they're too excited to get their kills in or whatever, and if I don't know the if I don't know the dude's goals or motivations in life and in this movie, I don't care that you're going to kill him off. You're not exactly. going to upset me. I'm not going to like. It's not a plot. It's just right. straight to the mm-hmm. kills. And you sometimes know? you can tell that they're trying to uh, get you emotionally attached. Sometimes some stranger dies or whatever. Um, actually, The Strangers is a great, oh, great. That's a great horror movie. horror movie. There was one called The Anguish. That just I saw a trailer for it's on Netflix. I'd never seen it, but it looked more of a like a like an art house kind of horror film. Have it looked you... stunning. That's what I'm watching tonight. There's cool. Be, cool. be my third horror movie tonight. Nice, nice. There's <laughs> two movies that I don't know if any of you guys. I can't. One of oh, it's not the guest. What is it? Um, some some dinner party one. Oh, oh the invitation. Uh, the invitation. That's uh, that made me. No, you're thinking of uh, the wedding. You, uh, the one with David Hyde Pierce. No, I think no, I think I know. What no, he's no, 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 David. The one with David Hyde Pierce is the perfect host. Yes, is it, um, the invitation the was invitation the hipster, pretentious really. bullshit. Yeah, I did not like that at all. There's that, but then if you want to take the complete reverse of that, would you rather? 
Is that the one? Oh. <laughs> Would you rather was kind of entertaining. That yeah. was. Jeffrey Combs is the oh, yeah. most. Oh, it, if Jeffrey it didn't Combs. have Jeffrey Combs, I don't know if it would have had the same impact. Love that scene where she like, I forget what she said, but he was like, oh, you made the wise choice. You were going to have to pull all your teeth out. It's like, yeah. Yeah. don't do it. Dude. It was like a classy Saw take. It really you know, was. It was kind of like if they made Jackass into a horror movie. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. You know, it was just like, oh, don't do and, it. And Ricky? Yeah, or Ju- like, Julian. Uh-huh. It was, uh, no, it was Ricky. Ricky. I, yeah, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. I didn't even realize until after that movie was over that was him. I was like, that's Ricky in Trailer yeah. Park mm-hmm. Boys. Like, that's kind of funny. No, Paul, one of the other man. ones that I don't know if you guys have seen it yet is Hush. Mm. I liked Hush, Hush but it was uh, another one of those that was kind of like... The end. Yeah, I was like, this is good. Uh, there's some things I really like about the it. ending, though. But, it, yeah, it was just yeah. another one of those that is just kind of like... Really? The end? Like, I haven't gotten to ends? see anything that... You know what? Horror movies traditionally ruin their endings. Yes. They're really good. I've noticed there's that chunk in the middle, and then all of a sudden the endings just... It goes downhill really, really, really fast. And especially and I don't the know... better the build-up is, and the yeah. better the act one two, and two are. You're just... Yeah, like, Hush, I... When she was fiddling with the crossbow for the fourth time, I was like, all right, yeah. you need to figure this out because I yeah. did like you a lot and I was rooting for you and now I'm... And there was like four or five things that you did that I was like, okay. But so that's the conflict, I guess, with horror movies is that in order for this genre to continue, characters have to make bad decisions. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the other the other side is if you're... Watching a horror movie, safe and warm on the couch, it's easy to be like, why did you do that? That was the wrong thing to do. Well, first of all, teenagers make dumb decisions in real life. And second of all, I think when you're in the heat of the moment and and you're like running for your life, I think that it's okay to believe that somebody would do stupid things. Sure. You Mm -hmm. know, and people always criticize horror movie characters like they're just doing such stupid things. Teenagers are getting dumber and dumber. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Teenagers are getting to the point where it's like – if you're right. Why would you do that? Now, kids are so dumb these days, you actually go, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I love the start of Hush, and I like yeah. that the yeah. character oh, that they made God, her out yeah. to be, mm-hmm. and I really like the scene where the neighbor's husband oh, came over. Oh, my God, that was And good. that whole exchange. That was yeah. Because in the end, it means nothing because nothing mm-hmm. happened when that whole sequence was over and it wasn't necessary. But, oh, my God, it was so effective. Yeah, it was like, it was like a glimmer of hope. Yes. But, like, then, you know. Nope. Yes, and then the very uh, the where she reimagined like where she you thought she died. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that weird. was something. That was yeah. definitely like a creative touch that I'm still not sure how I like. Yeah, it almost seems like the director was like, I kind of want to kill her off, but I also want to give false the, hope. Uh, yeah, sorry, but I also want to give the audience a happy ending. So yeah. let's just invent this plot device where she thinks she died and then she really didn't. Right. That way, I get the satisfaction and I get that like reaction from the audience members everybody thinks she died and then no she didn't really die right right you know there that's one of those movies that i don't know if you can describe cringeworthy as being a good feeling for horror like when i say cringeworthy i mean like okay an arrow gets shot through your calf and you go oh god that ouch that hurts yeah that type of cringe you know and i don't know if that's a suitable thing that compensates for jump scares you know, they're like, well, we can't give him enough jump scares, so let's find a way of making them go, oh, he's pulling his teeth out or something like that. Um, I'll admit that one of the movies that still sends me shivers, and there's a lot of people who look at me like I'm nuts, but 
The Mothman Prophecy. Oh my god! Yes. The Mothman dude, Prophecy was, is a movie that still yes. terrifies me to this day. Dude, Especially I, uh, that scene with the chapstick. Oh my that god. That scene right there. In the hotel room? Oh god, yes. I I get, yeah, dude, that's <laughs> so, fun, so funny that you said that, Dakota. I still tell people that that is like maybe the most effective horror movie. Yeah, it like, really, really is. is. And I showed, yeah. I my fiance hates horror movies, but every once in a while she's like, alright, I'm ready, I can take it. And so I told her that that was like one of the scariest non-gore yeah, horror there's movies. No gore, there's and no gore. And we watched jump the trailer, and, I, and the trailer is bad. The trailer oh, does yeah. not serve it justice. No. So I was hoping that it wasn't just my nostalgia clouding my judgment. Not at all. No, I watched <laughs> it again the other day. Good, yeah. Injury See, cold. Still... That voice. Oh, my <laughs> God. What do I have in my hand? Chapstick. And yeah. it's just like, go away. You yeah, know, that, yeah, that, that, that really is. That's one of the most effective non-gore like that that succeeded where i think some of m night Shyamalan's later films failed Mm -hmm. Uh, that wasn't directed by m night Shyamalan, but there are things elements in like signs that i thought were really really good and effective but the rest of the movie kind of fell flat same thing with um uh Oh, what was the other one? Devil? There, yeah, there were some oh, elements in Devil. Devil was dumb. What, here's Ten minutes in, I'm like, obviously the old lady is going to have to be. Yeah. It's a fucking, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think right. what's weird, Who's the least likely to be the devil? What, I think he started going a more Hollywood route. Because do you notice that he changed, I don't know if it was a cinematographer or what it was about how he shot his films. But what was great about the original ones is that there were these long, very kind of awkward moments like especially like on uh unbreakable the moment right there on the train where there's no cut it's just conversation conversation uh-huh. just, just the pan yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth to where you're yeah. almost like imagining yourself sitting there he got rid of that and he went with this more michael bay kind of thing like with the happening <clears throat> towards like these really fast <sighs> cuts and all that stuff and i'm like what happened that is interesting i don't know i wonder if maybe he was like advised to do that or if he it's it's test, lost it. test audiences yeah. proved that they were more effective which is completely false because not with the me. thing is yeah i think with his stories they work with his camera work yeah that's why but once you start getting it like in the happening with the whole thing where he's talking to the plant and all that and it's the plants i didn't even see the happening that, zach is making a face like he just saw his mother naked see, so i'm assuming he didn't like it either worked. that would have worked had he stuck to his roots which was how he originally made those movies I because could. i mean if you take some of his other stuff like um the village there were some elements of that that were creative and really well done. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you had taken that and tried to make it really fast-paced, you would have gotten the Wicker Man. I, <laughs> the village would have been, oh, God, the bees. Do a podcast on how much I hated the happening and how let down I was yeah. by that film. Because the trailers, and I was like, this is going to be good. But it's this the trees. And the then, trees. Yeah, the plants. It's the like... Pl- <laughs> But I will give M. Night Shyamalan credit. I've hated on the guy for years, mm-hmm. but he kind of redeemed himself with The Visit. Did you guys see The Visit? No, I did. I, 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 I did see, see The Visit. I thought it was okay. I yeah. didn't mind it. We're going to we're gonna have to do a part two of Halloween. Yeah. If, yeah, if you guys so. want. We're, we're at we're, Absolutely. Yeah, we, we got to go. But um, so sorry to cut you off. No, no worries. Yeah. All right. Well, this is an abrupt ending, but um, <laughs> we'll do another episode for uh, Halloween movies. But we'll go around and say, "Would um, you? Can I ask for a favorite?" Or like, I don't know. I mentioned it follows. That's the first thing that always pops into my. Or like over the last couple of years, the movie that like 
really stands out in my mind. Like m- more modern. Hmm. Like for like like like, four like within the of... last ten years, what's the hmm. what's one of the most? I got one. I should have given you. Some... Oh, okay, Zach's ready. I got one. Um, one of the most effective horror movies in the last decade. I, I think it might be the best one of the last decade. Did you guys see The Witch? Yes, I think that was a brilliant film. I fell and asleep. I fell asleep. A lot of people did say I fell asleep watching it. But I think that was another film that was a, a true horror film. Mm-hmm. And man, uh, Robert Eggers, the guy that directed it, man, that was his first as a directorial debut. Wow! And that guy hit a home run in mm-hmm. his directorial debut. I think that movie. I mean, it's slow, but man, does that have a heck of a finish? Oh yeah, does that- and the. Um- the music and the seemingly inappropriate places, yes. like to just show a wide angle shot of mm-hmm. like the edge of a forest, and then to have this like pounding orchestral score. It's like, what? Why are you doing this? What am I supposed to be seeing? And then like the baby scene. Like, yeah, she sure did rub that baby guts all over oh. her. I mean, it was good. I, I remember it when I woke up and <clears throat> turned it back on. If but... I was to pick three of them for you to watch, it'd be The Witch and to uh, jump on. Uh, Jimmy, uh, the it falls mm-hmm. and um, just came out this year too. Uh, Don't breathe. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I would hmm. I would like I would to classify it as a horror film too. It's it's horror thriller. I know it's opinion. one of those like genre benders. It is. It definitely is. But uh, definitely mine is the witch by okay. far. So I'm gonna have to say that I don't know. The Conjuring one and two still stick out for me. Those are two movies that just and I if if I can, um, I mean there's a lot of other stuff that's like yeah this is really good and this really kind of stuck out. Those are the two that really still give me the shivers when sure. I think about it. But I don't, maybe it's just because I have more of an experience with kind of dealing with people who are along the whole sleep deprivation kind of angle. But Insidious one and two, not one and two by themselves. When you combine them and you see how well he kind of set everything up for Insidious 2, where there are these crossover of events that happened, that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and those just kind of just, those stick out still. I don't know. I, Insidious I, is creepy. It's I've, a creepy movie. Yeah, it Yeah, is. I think the thing is, is that I have watched enough garbage recently <laughs> that it's, it's Welcome kinda, to my world. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's, <laughs> it's hard to... You know, pinpoint exactly what I would describe as good horror. I'm still stuck on Mothman prophecies. Yeah, I'm still bringing that back into my head. I think that's a thing. Gonna, that, yeah, know. that's that's gonna have to make my list too. Well, this has been a great. You guys got to come back before uh, Halloween. I would love to be yeah. back. It's like last week of Halloween. I'm mm-hmm. gonna start tackling my favorites. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the Romero Dead trilogy is. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about Dawn. I just watched that yesterday. That's my all-time favorite movie ever. Is Dawn of the Dead? Oh man, and like. Uh, I'd really like to jump into, like, The Silence, like, Nosferatu's one of my all-time favorite films. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Talk about Caligari. Oh, and... Caligari. Uh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, if you want, you can find us on the Facebook. Uh, you can drop a line, give us a horror movie to watch. If we forgot a classic, let us know. Or give me a message, and you can come on and uh, do the podcast with us. So, until next time, I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Dakota Coolman. I am Zach Warrant. And you've been listening to Movie Show Theater. Theater.